0: Welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate Monday to Friday, just in time for your daily commute. I'm Adam Miller, and I'll be hosting today's podcast, assuming no one from a more prestigious podcast offers to triple my wage before tonight's 5pm deadline. I'm joined by Jules Boyle and Johnny McFarlane, and on today's pod we'll be discussing Kieran Tierney's departure, volleyball and Golly and Bombo's tough night in Romania, and potential new Rangers arrival Brandon Barker. No matter what anyone says, Kieran Tierney is a bigger Rat than Rodgers ever was. 22 years old, 30k a week, leaving two years before a potential 10 in a row. Rat doesn't sum him up. Good riddance, Kieran Tierney. Any Celtic supporter wishing him well is just as bad and as fake a supporter. He's conned the support for five years, almost with his antics. He's 22, two years off, 10 and getting paid thousands for the privilege of playing for Celtic. He's a scumbag. End of. That was the genuine opinion of one Celtic fan last night on Twitter, in a very widely shared tweet, and there were a few others talking on social media along similar lines. There were of course numerous Celtic supporters expressing their disappointment, but wishing him well and admitting that they could understand why he made the move. Jules, are the Celtic supporters that, the sort that I've quoted there, spouting that kind of vitriol, are they just thinking with their heart instead of their head?
1: Um, Well, for a start, the ones putting that that type of vitriol are absolute weapons, I think. Um, No denying it. Anyone that's saying that sort of stuff just needs to really take a look at themselves. Yes, I think obviously obviously last night when the news came out, um, Celtic were playing a Champions League qualifier. Um, emotions were high. Um, I'm assuming. I wouldn't, in fact, I know for a fact there a lot of booze been drank. Um, before we fought, fought, were tweeting some of these things, I think because it was a night out. It was a big, big night for that, which might explain some of the, the 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 extreme vitriol. But you're still seeing it today. Um, I mean, I done a piece on it today, and I addressed that that issue. I was just, what I think that where that comes down to it is people really loved Kieran Tierney. Um, it was you know a talisman to the the fans. He was a huge thing. He was one of the, one of their own. He was one of you know, he'd been there since he was seven-year-old. If he wasn't, you know, on the pitch, he was literally in the stand with the fans. You know what I mean? He was with the Green Brigade. He was in there. He was leading them all the time. He was an exceptional player. He was everything for, for Celtic fans. And then for him to then be going, it's that kind of thing where, you know, if it wasn't all those things, people wouldn't be as hurt and as, as upset about losing it in that way, which does lend people to be more emotional about the sort of thing. And I have seen a lot of comments. Some people are kind of more... You know they're still on that sort of tip, but they're more measured about it, um, and they, they do see him as kind of you know letting the side down, or they don't understand how he could, if he loves Celtic so much, he could go with ten in a row just out of sight here. Um, but for the most part, I think a lot of folk are in you know, wishing them well. But I, th- I think there's definitely a lot of emotions high.
0: Yeah, the thing is, Tierney's not some guy who's just rocked up two years ago uh, from another club kissed the badge, said I love Celtic and then left. He's a no. guy that's been there for 15 years. He absolutely knows Celtic inside out and I guess that sort of contributes to people's disappointment around it. But also it's not that like you can't say he's not been a great servant for Celtic. No, no, not at
1: all. He's been a main servant Celtic, like like since day one, since he first broke through. Um, I remember seeing him um, I think it was the game at Motherwell beat Celtic at home for the first time and decades i think it was um at celtic park and they were dire that day but tierney was on the i think it was that game he was on the pitch and obviously the team weren't getting booed off but ever, the people were pointing at tierney who was just a young guy at the time and pointing at him and applauding mm-hmm. like, very swiftly you were applauding you not them and all through the game he was like roaring at the, you know he's, he's only what age would have been then I mean, means like 17 or something mm-hmm. and he's roaring at the back line he's shouting at his teammates and he's getting them going he's doing that and he can tell his frustration what to do it, and that passion and that desire for the club and to do well has be there since the day you saw him, and it's just unarguable. I mean, and people call him a plastic Celtic fan, and this proves that he was all talk. He's just the same as Rogers and all this sort of stuff. It's baffling. It's absolutely yeah. insane. And the fact is, as well. Arsenal have been totally like showing their ankles for some time about this. Do you know? I mean, they've been all over it. They, they, he didn't put in a transfer request when that came in. Nope. That says it all, do you know? he didn't go, oh, great, woofed. off he goes. Celtic have finally accepted the money they want for him and said to him, right, okay, cheers, big man, and that's it. It's a very difficult situation, especially a young player as well, because if you then go, no, I'm not going, I'm staying here, I love it here, the people that pay your wages, the people that, you know, decide if you get to play or not, they make a big decision and you've really napped them off by refusing to take this 25 million quid for them. I, I spoke well, to
2: somebody today who's close to the action at Celtic and he said that if Quirantini had done that, Peter Law would have put him in a bag and drove him down to London himself. I aye, <laughs> totally. I mean, the for reality sure. of this is Celtic were quite happy to do a deal. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's a significantly large It's a huge sum, sum you know
1: what I mean? And they, they, they've, they've said to him, we want 25 million plus add-ons more than we want you at the club. Um, which is from, from from a fans' perspective, you're going like that. Obviously, twenty five million is great, but obviously a lot of the fans have a fair suspicion they're not going to be getting that back on the pitch as well. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. this, but they they they. Tierney's been told this is what's happening. You know, and it's not that player power oh, you can eat players have got the power, they can decide that sort of stuff exactly, That that's not how it works you know I, mean? I
2: think Celtic fans have to be realistic we're talking about one of the very few Scottish footballers in the last 20 years that gener- that, that, that 100% deserves the title, Icon Yep. this is a guy who's won 3 out of 3 for the last 3 seasons um, he has won trophies prior to those he was an Invincible, he's played in the Champions League and um, I mentioned the words icon. You look at the iconic moments, Kieran Tierney with the fans with a megaphone, Kieran Tierney with a broken jaw on the steps of Hamden. These are the kind of stories that Celtic fans will tell their kids about. They're the kind of moments that, that will be part of future club compilations. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's the kind of thing that when you're eight, nine, 10, 11, growing up to love the club that you support, you will watch those videos and those moments will seep into your soul as part of what you love about the game. That is what he's given to the club. People need to be realistic about where football is now. We're in the midst of a brutal polarisation in the game where the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. And Celtic are not in a position where they can provide Kieran Tierney the opportunity to further his career. Well,
0: this is what I was going to say, Johnny. Maybe I'm just like an immoral capitalist pick, but surely in any walk of life, if someone offers you to treble your wages... With a job that allows you to work in a more prestigious industry, which, you know, the Premier League clearly is, and in a more glamorous city. I mean, London, you know,
2: eh, surely that's a no-brainer. Of course it is. Of course it is. I mean, anyone who's spent any time in London knows how what a fantastic place to live that would be if you had that kind of money. Yeah. The kind of money that he's going to earn now. There's so much to do. There's so many things to see. It's a cultural hub. Um, it's a great place to live. But... <laughs> I just think people need to understand that Kieran Tierney has a lot of uh, references that he can look back on as to why he should move now. Paul McStay, Celtic legend. Are you telling me that Paul McStay doesn't look back on his career now and go, I I don't regret not moving to Italy when I had the chance? I mean, it's all very well having the love and respect of Celtic fans, but Kieran Tierney's already got that. Anyone with half a brain will look at Kieran Tierney and say icon and legend of the club.
0: And the thing is, as well, I mean, if you looked at the sort of disparity between the uh, in terms of the reactions from Celtic fans last night, there were so many Celtic fans who were saying they could understand why he'd made the move, and that didn't detract from their disappointment. Mm. But these were people who were speaking, you know, in a calm and rational way. The people who were getting just absolutely. Oh, m- ridiculously over the top about it Like the guy I quoted earlier on These were just like l- incoherent rambles I'm sure Kieran Tierney As much as Celtic are in his veins I'm sure he's not going to lose sleep Over basically the pots. You know, I think he's I think he'll know he's made the right decision And he's not, he's not going to let these guys worry him, surely
2: yeah. I, I would put it to Jules I'd say Jules, put your mad Celtic da
1: hat on <laughs> And just tell me What more can Kieran Tierney achieve at Celtic? Well, obviously he can achieve. I mean, the, the if you look at the how they've done in Europe recently during during his era, he's given a good account of himself, and the team didn't as, as much. I mean, but he's got to the Champions League. What more? I mean,
2: oh yeah, to get to the last so. sixteen,
1: what what does that tangibly Take, mean? to I, th- I mean, I'm not saying this is why you should be staying with. I mean, yeah. there is bits here that he, they could do, but he could be part of a team that does better in Europe. I mean, there is that there that Celtic thing, of course. That's there, and that's what they want to do this season. Um, there is the prospect of nine 0 a row, ten or Um, who's to say that the ten 0 row? You know, Scott Brown still his contract there, that sort of stuff. But you know, you know, he could be him lifting it. You know what I mean? It could be that there, or even just being there for it. Which like does that moment. change? I don't his, think no. his legacy in a way. No, I, mean, I, I, don't don't I don't think it does. I don't think it does at all. I think we asked, well, what is there else to achieve? And that is it. Do you know what I mean? Um, he would go on to be the captain, of course he would, and he would go on to be one of this all-time great Celtic captains. That's what he's got to achieve, and that's a huge thing. And if you're a Celtic fan, that does mean the world. But he's a younger. He's only twenty two. Do you know what I mean? This is the thing. Twenty three. 22,
2: no, 22. Oh, it's coming from, oh, right, yeah, sorry. I'm wrong. <laughs> I, I should know that given the amount of times I have you 22-year-old You're right. Back. Exactly. Yeah. You're now. right, he's 22. So, but sorry. yeah, so you
1: think he's only 22. Um, personally, I think if you look at him and um, Andy Robertson when he was 22, I think he's a better player. That's a of argument. But he is going down to Arsenal. He's not going to Sunderland and then Arsenal. That's he's 100%. He's going straight into Arsenal. Yeah. That's how good he is because they can see, Woof, there's a player there. He goes down there Personally, I'd like to saw him go somewhere like Juventus or something like that, something like that defensive thing. He can become... He possibly can become the best left-back in the world playing against that great opposition all the time, getting that sort of thing. It's possible. David Luiz alongside him helping <laughs> his game along. Just, you know, that's where what you, what you learn. You learn by playing, playing with the best, against the best. And he's got potential to do that. And, you know, he's a 22-year-old guy and he's got this opportunity, not only he go on to this level, which he can do if things go the right way, but also now... I mean, he's on great money at Celtic, obviously money that we would dream of, you know, that sort of thing, but now he's got an opportunity that not only is he set for life, but when he has kids, when he has a family, his whole family and everyone around him are set for life and that is it, and he's done it. By the time he's 22 year old, he he's sorted his whole family and potentially going to become one of the best in the world at what he does. You know, I just don't get why. Oh, I understand, obviously, everyone's gutted to see him leave, but I do not get why. <laughs> you know, people should grudge him that. Do you know what I mean, after everything he's done for the club.
0: We've touched on this before in the podcast, but Tierney had his injury problems last season, and he's not obviously been involved yet this season. Do you think the potential or the fear that he might have sustained another injury, or not quite got over last season's injury, and then? This time next year, there's no offer on the table from an Arsenal or an Apple or whoever. Uh, do you think that maybe played a part in his thinking? I think
1: it definitely could. Um, obviously, I can't speak for a, the inside of his brain. Um, but I think you definitely, I've think i thought about it, other folk have thought about it. I think you just need to look at um, what an what what uncertain industry it is that he works yeah. in. Look at John Kennedy. Do you know what I mean? The, the boy yeah. was looking great and he was just you could see a great future for him in one game yeah. and every time he came back and tried to get I remember uh, seeing an interview with Gordon Strachan at the time and he was nearly crying talking about it mm-hmm. saying how unfair life was he just sees every time he got back he saw it going away again and he just thought this is just sickening what that boy's had to deal with like that It can happen in a heartbeat and yeah. even if it's not as extreme as that, that those offers those big offers don't necessarily always come in you kind of say oh Arsenal for me now get, I'll get to the 10 they'll be back in yeah. who knows they might not Do you know what I
2: mean and the other thing fans don't think about quite a lot of the time but they should is that Say and Tierney did have a career threatening injury Like John Kennedy Say it happened tomorrow Would Celtic renew his contract at the end of the current deal? Yeah yeah, They might offer him a youth contract You know like managing the youth team or whatever Like uh-huh. they've done with Kennedy And they have looked after John Kennedy They have But that's not guaranteed And it's, it's not a deal that's going to make him rich No that's going to last for the rest of his life, and, and, and people his forget. He, life. Yeah, footballers yeah. can't really work unless they want to go into management after mm-hmm. maybe 35, 36. Yeah, yeah, so they've got yeah. they've, they've got a, an earning window of at
0: most twenty years, probably around fifteen years, and top level for Kieran Tierney ten years. So the more he he can accumulate in that time, I don't think he's sacrificing. He's sacrificing ten in a row potentially, right? Um, and I'm sure he would have liked to have been there. For that, but I think he's smart enough that in the scheme of things, I think Kieran Tierney would realise that ultimately this is just too good an opportunity to turn yeah. down. It's his life, yeah, exa- exactly. I, I think you know, if you, if you're Kieran Tierney, I think you're going down there thinking, Wow, I'm getting triple my wages to go and play in the Premier League for one of the biggest teams down there. I'd be, I'd be really excited about yeah, it, you know. Yeah, of course, I should. Uh, J- Johnny, do you think, uh, do you see Tierney being a success down there?
2: I do. Um, obviously, it's dependent on him getting over his current injury situation, um, but you'd have to think that for a £25 million transfer to Arsenal to go through, Arsenal would have to be pretty confident that that quite serious injury that he's had has cleared up. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's an outstanding left-back. I think Mark Warburton was talking about it on the debate last night on Sky, talking about how, how good he was and watching him up close and personal when he was the Rangers manager. And uh, as... Um, uh, Jules has already said I don't think there was a lot between him and Andy Robertson in mm-hmm. fact Kieran Tierney was probably a better player three years ago but there has been an element of arrested development around Kieran Tierney I think he has been overplayed and underchallenged yeah. here in Scotland and I think he can go down there and a, 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 one of the great clubs Arsenal are one of the great clubs in world football mm-hmm. and, and really really kick on and uh, I was speaking to someone in the game the other day and they were telling me that the main sp- uh, sticking point in this transfer deal was actually the sell-on clause yeah. uh, Peter Law wanted a certain amount Arsenal wanted a certain amount and I honestly believe that there's a very good chance that that selling clause could end up putting this transfer above 40 million yeah. because I believe Kieran Tierney is the kind of guy that could go down there and have the same impact that Andy Robertson has had mm-hmm. and you could be looking at a Juventus or a Manchester United trying to sweep in it will be very difficult to prise him away from Arsenal mm-hmm. but coming in and, and make, maybe making him the world's most expensive fullback down the line. There's a lot of things that have to happen for that to take place. But in four years' time, Ciarán Tierney's going to be 26. You yeah. know, he's, and still at the peak, and going into the peak of his career, he's got four years to go down there and really s- smash it. And I, I think yeah. he will do that. I think That's,
0: so. I think the most important thing to take away from this, as someone pointed out on Twitter last night, is that Ollie McBurnie is no longer the most expensive <laughs> Scottish player of all time. <laughs> So, Celtic came away from Romania last night with a draw and a vital away goal, drawing 1 all with Cluj. There's no doubt that Celtic are full of exciting options in midfield and attack, but there are definitely questions at the back. Wally Bolingoli and Bombo in particular has come in for some tough criticism, with some fans labelling him Bolly Bolingoli and Bombscare. <laughs> Jules, do you think supporters have been too harsh in their verdict on Bolingoli, or was he really that bad last night?
1: Um. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the four that I gave him in the match ratings was uh, was about right? Yeah, I think so. I think you might even be slightly generous, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I, I've held off on. You don't want to criticise a player when he first comes into a team. Um, it's early doors. That you know, it's the just through the, it's It's not even the season's kicked off. That kind of thing, like that. Um, the the things I was wary of with with your man there were are very apparent last night. Um, he's good at bombing forward. I mean, he's that sort of thing. Like, it just seems to. Like his defensive nous, um and awareness and positioning is that is the bomb scare word again. You know what I mean? It's when things are happening, you think, oh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, it's that kind of you're not remotely co- confident or comfortable when people are steaming at him and, and where he's got to be. And last night, I mean, the goal obviously, you know, he, there was fault with the goal, but it, it was other things around that, it was other parts. And the setting that as the game went on, it was on if his confidence was down or his nervousness or it's just what he's like. But all throughout, you're just thinking, oh no, you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely, oh no.
0: If you're the manager in that position, if you're Neil Lennon last night, do you look at a player who's really, really struggling in a big game like that and go we're cutting our losses for tonight and I'm bringing him off or do you think the damage I could be doing to the guy long term by taking him off just now and embarrassing him yeah. like that could be could be worse for us yeah, in the long run? Yeah, I
1: think so. But that, that that big Shepard's crook coming out during mean, a game yeah. like that. Because the thing is, I mean, every time they were up the park, they kind of looked a bit dangerous. I As we looked into these sort of things, there was low crosses, there was things like that. All the stuff we thought they were going to do, they were doing. It wasn't... Panic stations. Really, it wasn't. And I think if it was, you know, if it was real, looking, this is going to be I a mean, sort of disaster, and we were getting a hump in here. It could, you could have had to cut your losses and pull them off. Um, I think Lening sort of got it right by just letting him letting him play out the game, and letting in hopefully just getting it, getting it going. Yeah. Um, because it could have been sort of disastrous, but at the same time, it was like you were glad to see the end of the whistle with it. You know I mean? mm-hmm. Do not done anything else? So
2: it was a lack of synergy between him and his teammates. Yeah, very but much. The, so. the goal. There's three defensive players that are all in a, a straight line, mm-hmm. perfectly coached, perfectly carrying out the yeah. offside trap. Yeah. And then you've got Ball and goalie who doesn't look over his shoulder, doesn't even look to see where his colleagues are, no. and plays the, the guy, uh, Rondon, onside, who, who who gets slipped through and puts the ball under the net. To me, though, that is symptomatic of what Lennon said after the game when he was talking about he's a new player, he's settling in, these things can happen. I totally accept that. Yeah. It was other elements of the game that would be worrying. Mm-hmm. As you say, his constant positional problems, Giving away the ball. He looks dodgy in the air. I mean, we saw a a corner come in. He ducked underneath the ball inexplicably, (laughs) which was very close to being an own goal because the ball hit off iron. Scott Mm -hmm. Bean had to make a terrific save. What I think is weird about this is it was obvious before he even signed. I mean, I did a piece for Football Scotland where I went and spent an hour looking at him on Wisecout. An hour. Right, looking at his stats, looking at his uh, uh, images of his of his performances for Rapid Vienna, and I, I wrote in that piece that he was uh, p- prone to giving the ball away in, in dangerous situations. That he was very good going forward, but he wasn't so good defensively. That it has, he looks sometimes like a left winger playing left back. Um, that there will be space in behind him for teams to exploit. So Celtic must can't be surprised by what they're seeing. Um, he'll be an absolutely great player against St Mirren at Parkhead, against Hamilton. No problems whatsoever. As the as the uh, alarms going off there, it, with any of that, it's defensively that that, that is the problem with this guy. Um, I think Celtic need to get in a defensive left back so they can alternate. Um, because as as people have been quite cruel on social media, as cruel as they've been, he does have proper good assets going forward to me it's quite similar to James Tavernier it's the Tavernier paradox all over again at the other side of the city but I think Tavernier is a better defender and Tavernier's now not really got a problem defensively to be honest mm. um, but when he first first came to the club people are going well he's not very good defensively and I think it's the same thing
1: yeah I would agree with that
0: okay so Johnny you talked about the need for Celtic to invest in a left back do you see that now as the top priority that the 25 million from the Tierney seal Tierney Sale Gets reinvested on the squad. And if so, you, how much of that 25 million do you think will realistically go towards the team?
2: I don't really know. It depends on, nobody really knows what Celtic are going to do next. They've already got, on the basis of their last account, something like 35 million sitting, burning a hole in their bank account. So it's not like they particularly needed this money. Um, I certainly don't expect them to go out and, and spend a huge amount of that money on a left-back, given they've spent £3 million, which is quite a lot by Celtic standards, on uh, ball and goalie. But I do think they will have to go out and get a defensive-minded player, as I've just said. Um, for me, I look at Celtic squad and think they're actually in pretty good shape. Ayer, again last night, he'll be the next one, honestly. I've been saying for a long time that I think he's the best defender in Scottish football. He's silky, comfortable at the ball at his feet, great in the air, Just, you know, top class. Uh, If I was a Rangers fan, I wouldn't like that one little bit. Um, And midfield, I think they're well served. Number 10, they're well served. Wide, they're well served. Um, The only area that I think they might want to strengthen is up top. Uh, Griffiths has looked good. Can you bank on that for a whole season? That's a gamble. I probably would, personally, because I think he's good enough. And Odds and Eduard this season looks even better once again. So I think Celtic are in very, very good shape. And for those idiots that tipped Rangers for the league, I think they might be looking to reconsider their <laughs> predictions. <laughs> uh, having a wee dig at myself Point, yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, I'm already, starting to, revise, <laughs> oh already my starting to revise my opinion. As <laughs> yeah. the next topic may be about yeah. to, to yeah. explain
1: to people. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think you oh, sorry. Uh, but I, th- I think kinda um if you talk about Celtic spending and what they've got in this left back situation, um I think it shows you though, um they've spent three million on on, on Bolly there and it shows you what three million can get you. I mean it's a guarantee three million is not a guaranteed you know, this oh. this is a good money to spend. You know what I mean you get yeah. a guy like that? So do you need to spend more? Do you spend less, or something more local? It's a, it's a tricky one because they're spending this now, and it's very clear that they need to get somebody else in as well.
2: And one of the reasons I did tip Rangers was because I felt that Celtic are always going to be downgrading from here on in. The the, the invincible squad is a very high watermark for what a Scottish squad can look like, and those players as they get replaced, the Celtic cycle through them. It's always going to be a tyranny for a bally ball and goalie. That is just yeah. inevitable. But it doesn't look to me like Celtic are losing that many of those players, no. to be honest. Yeah. And the loss of Tierney, yeah. while a blow, they'll not be able to replace quality for quality, uh, I don't think is going to derail the fact that they've got so much quality in central areas. Yeah. And uh, Jules, just in general, what was your kind of overall
0: assessment of Celtic's performance last night?
1: Um, it, w- it wasn't Celtic at their best, I think. Um, but I, th- I think the encouraging thing is they went a goal down. Um, the heads didn't go down I mean you've seen Even in the recent past The times like that That would have been like Panic stations Disasters um, the, the the goal itself I mean as we talked about Obviously it was like in played on side and stuff like There's been a lot Even last season Celtic in Europe Were literally giving Those goals away It wasn't they we were getting cut apart They were literally just Almost standing aside And going there you go mm-hmm. Over and over and over again Last couple of seasons That wasn't what happened last night It was an individual error. It wasn't particularly It wasn't an absolute howler And they fought back They got their other goal could have got more. Um, to be fair, you know, Cluj, you know, it could have been that, but they did fight back. A very creditable draw. away goal as well. Um, I think it's it's going to be enough. Um, they're going to get the result they the at Celtic Park. Uh, it wasn't a vintage performance. There was a lot of areas over the park you were thinking people weren't at their best. Some players that normally are better weren't really, um, but at the same time they got what they needed and it was it was more about the dig basically. Yeah, it was, it was a
2: mature away European performance. Yeah, they, uh-huh. they did what they had to do. Yeah. Yeah. Do you
0: see Celtic make or Lenin making any particular changes for the home leg?
1: Um not massively. Um I think I think basically he's going out with the teams that he's got and and he's got them playing the way he wants them to play. Um as Johnny says it was a mature a mature European away performance, do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think it's going to be a similar team playing a different type of football at Celtic Park. They'll have the crowd behind them. Um, their, their tails will be up. Um, they've got the away goal. Um, and I think that'll be enough, basically. I'll,
2: I'll tell you one change that'll definitely happen, which is Lewis Morgan won't be in the team.
1: Yeah, right. I would say that, yes, actually. He, was, yeah. he wasn't great. He wasn't great at all last night. He really wasn't.
0: So, moving away from Celtic, 22-year-old winger Brandon Barker appears to be heading to Rangers on a free transfer from Manchester City. Barker will be familiar to Scotch football fans from his spell at Easter Road two seasons ago when he made 30 appearances for Hibs. He's also had loan spells at Rotherham United, NEC Breda and Preston North End. Barker's been unable to break into the Man City setup, but there's no shame in that given the side Guardiola's assembled there.
2: Johnny, what do you think Barker will bring to Rangers? Sheer peace. Um, I was impressed with him when he was at Hibbs. He's very, very direct. Very, very quick. Skillful. So a good player, um, and I think Rangers are getting someone who is a good age and will do pretty well for the club. However, I would suggest that Brandon Barker is not an adequate replacement for Tan- Daniel Candias in terms of quality, let alone um, Ryan Kent. So for me, uh, if I was a Rangers fan, I'd be slightly concerned middle to front as to what's going on at Ibrox. Mark Allen seems to have a... Um, a He seems to like to have a preponderance of players who are extremely fast and are very, very good on the counter-attack. But Rangers don't face that very often. What Rangers need is players who can break down a low block. Steven Gerrard goes on constantly if you listen to press conferences about we're playing against the block, we're playing against the block and I know a lot of people hate this term, the low block but this is what you have to face tactically in Scotland Teams will sit in and look to hit you on the counter attack so you need players who have the quality to either grind out a a victory by being physically stronger that's the way Walter Smith used to do it and a sprinkling of quality or you need to have players that have the ability to cut inside, open up, pick a pass and put a free kick in hit hit a shot from 30 yards Celtic have got that all over Rangers don't have a number 10 Celtic have um, they have uh, Ryan Christie they have Callum McGregor and they have Tom Mm Rogic. that's three players who would walk into Rangers' site Um, and Brandon Barker for me is just another example of what is now looking like a slightly flawed recruitment process Um, now Rangers fans I think approached this season with a lot of confidence I liked a lot of what they were doing but I fully expected Ryan Kent to come in now that doesn't look like it's going to happen I have concerns about Rangers going forward, serious concerns based around what I've seen in this pre season.
0: So, do you just see Barker being a squad player then, initially?
2: Uh, absolutely, and therein lies the rub. Rangers need starting quality. That's what Stephen Gerrard talked about um, at the start of the season, at the end of last season. He said, We need players, and I'm paraphrasing, we need players that can come in and go into that first team and improve it. And I don't think they've really added that in the forward areas. That's where Rangers struggled. We spent all of last year, um, well, I did, on a podcast talking about the fact that Rangers couldn't break down teams who were deep lying and they needed quality. And I think Brandon Barker is another squad player. He's another good player. But it's a massive step up to go from the clubs that he's been playing for on loan to Rangers. You can't say he's beat really a Man City player. He's not played any games for them. He's never had any chance of breaking through. Um, so, So I just... I, I I think it looks like Rangers are, are getting the recruitment wrong again. I may be proved wrong. It's just an opinion. But I look at players like Jordan Jones and uh, Barker and I, see, and I see just average squad players written all over them. Rangers need starters if they're going to win this league. They need the Tom Rogiches. They need the Callum McGregors. They need that kind of quality. And that's why people who tits Rangers <laughs> are now probably looking at it going, hmm...
0: Yeah. Jules after Celtic get 25 million for Kieran Tierney allied um, to the sort of strength and depth that Johnny was talking about earlier do you see Celtic losing any sleep when Rangers bring in guys like Brandon
1: Barker um no, definitely not. and 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 they shouldn't really. Um I'll tell you what, Brandon Barker will fancy himself against Bolly and Goalie, that's for sure. <laughs> right f- he's a right winger and Bolly and is <laughs> of course a left back. We watched that last night thing, come ahead. That's maybe um, why they've gone for Barker. Yeah, that's all we need. I mean to be honest, I'd fancy myself against Bolly last night after last night. Steady. <laughs> I'd just chip him. Um yeah, so yeah, of course, uh, I don't think they're going to lose any sleep over that. I do think um, you know I did I do I didn't do expect um, again more of a challenge from Ranger again this season Um, I don't expect him to topple Celtic at all do you know what I mean but Mm -hmm. I do expect more of that signing players like um, Barker though is not really the thing that's going to give you the absolute fear um, at all do you know what I mean but I don't don't, he's not he's not there to do that do you know what I mean but Mm -hmm. as Johnny says he's a squad player do you know what I mean he's in for that um, he's, he's filling up the ranks.
0: From Barker's perspective, he's a young guy who's been on the books of a huge club for a few years. It's obviously not panned out there and that's again as I said earlier that's no disrespect to him considering the sort of squad Guardiola's got there but um, he's been repeatedly sent out on loan do you think now a permanent move to a club like Rangers could kickstart this guy's career? Definitely
1: um, I think if you're constantly on loan and it's not even the same teams over the time you see these players and they get like, you see their list of teams that have been at in the last five years and six clubs or these sort of things also as well I mean was it like Rotherham and Preston and stuff yeah. I mean no disrespect to those teams Rangers is a massive step up in terms of quality in terms of coaching and training, in terms of pressure as well, of that kind of, you know, I'm pretty sure the Rotherham or Preston fans don't go ballistic if they draw the first game of the season. Mm-hmm. But up here, that's what it's like, do you know what I mean? It's the pressure yeah. is on. You need know, to win every game. You're expected to win every game and expected to play at a standard. You don't get down there. You, there's yeah. no hiding place at a club at Rangers. So that, you know, unless, you know, a player can, can cope with that, but I mean, if you've seen that in the past, I think it'd be a good thing for his development, a good thing for him to do. Whether it's a two-way street and whether Rangers get an equal amount of bonus out of that of getting them but for the player himself I think it's a a huge move for him.
0: okay well that's all from us here at Football Scotland for today we'll be back tomorrow before 4pm just in time to make your daily work commute that little bit more bearable you can get more from us at the Football Scotland website or our social media channels on Facebook and Twitter at football underscore scott to ask a question or make a comment to us individually you can get me on at Old Facts one Jules on Captain
1: underscore howdy
0: and Johnny at uh, Johnny R. McFarland. Until tomorrow, thanks for listening.